Well, good morning. Welcome to Prescott Valley Bible Church. If you're joining us for the first time, we're glad you're with us today. Thanks for being here. Open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. We are starting a brand new series today. The series is entitled, I Forgot. Have you ever done that? Have you ever forgotten something? Uh, listen to this. An elephant is the largest land animal. Fully grown, it measures as much as 13 feet tall, and it weighs as much as a school bus. Surprisingly, it's, it's held captive by a chain and a stake in the ground. From very small, as, an ele as a baby elephant, I think that's what, I don't think they have a name for a baby elephant, but as a baby elephant, they are chained to their ankle is chained to a stake. And the moment it tries to move away from where it's supposed to be, the stake and the chain stops them, and that's it. They don't go any further. Well, of course, as the elephant grows to become something big, the elephant has found itself in an interesting place. An elephant has gained power. It's gained tremendous strength as it grows up. Its trunk can lift 2,000 pounds with just its trunk. It has the ability to take trees and just knock them down. But when the elephant, full grown, begins to move, his ankle is tied to that chain and that stake in the ground, and the little bit of pressure, he stops. Now, he has the ability to rip that right out of the ground. But the part that's so interesting is that he doesn't realize how strong he is. He doesn't realize the power that he has as being matured, to being strong. And he finds himself in this place. It would be just like you and I being tied to a toothpick with a piece of dental floss. It's that different. He could just go like this and keep on moving, but he doesn't. Today, I told you that little bitty story because sometimes you and I have the ability to be like that elephant because we forget who we are. We forget who we belong to. Now, I'm really hyped up about this message today, so if I get really loud, just somebody go like this or something, you know, that I don't get too excited because I'm kind of excited about this because it's a message that we all know I'm not going to tell anybody anything today that you didn't already know, but you know what I realized? I forgot. Sometimes we just forget. Every one of us, as Christ followers, we find ourselves in places where sometimes we forget the power that's available to us in Christ. So, so let me ask you something. Do you ever find yourself forgetting did you ever, just for a moment, forget what God has promised you, what he says about you? See, people forget things for all kinds of reasons. 
I got to tell you that this week I'm working on this series, I Forgot. And you know what? I forgot. I forgot who, who I am in Christ with everything that was going on with me. I forgot. So uh, the next message I think is going to be on prospering because I always live through whatever it is I preach on. So I forgot. When you're younger, maybe you find yourself in this place as a young child. Uh, maybe you get sidetracked and you forget to clean your room. You forget to do your homework. You find yourself in this place and uh, you just forget to do what your parents ask you to do. And then maybe you get a little older and you know what happens? You can remember what happened five years ago. You just can't remember what you had for breakfast. You know what I mean? You ever been there? Have you ever been? I've been there. I, I do that sometimes. And I'm just kind of like, I just don't remember. And then some people at a certain age, or some people are not even at a certain age, but they bar battle a sickness. A sickness that comes when you forget where you are, even sometimes who you are, or where you're going. I don't know how that is, but that has to be awful scary to not recognize where you are or not even know who you are. See, friends, some people, they battle that at certain times in their life. Here's how I want to relate all of this to us. As Christ followers, we have spiritual forgetfulness. We suffer from this, and in our most difficult times, what we need each other to remind each other what God says. Because uh, I forget. Don't you forget? You get a doctor's report about someone you love, and for a moment, you forget what God says about that. You have some tests that are coming up, and if you're not careful, you forget what God says about that. Or maybe you find yourself in a place where you're looking at that checkbook and things don't jive. Ever been there? And you go, oh, I don't know what to do. Well, you don't know what to do because you forgot what God says about that. See, here's what I know. My Bible, I've been looking at this, and I've been looking through the Bible it says a lot of stuff about Mike in there. It says a lot of stuff about Crystal in there. I mean, that Bible is full of stuff about Kathy in there. And, and put your name in that place, Sue and Ron and Penny and, and Sandy. And, and listen, I could go around the room. It talks about you and I so clearly. You know what it says? It says, you're an overcomer. It says that you're more than a conqueror, that the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Wow. I don't know about you, but that kind of gives me the chills. You mean I'm more than a conqueror when things don't go exactly right? I, I, I don't have to go, oh, that's it, that's life, that's just the way it is. No, I don't have to say that. You know why? I'm more than a conqueror. The power of God lives in us. And we don't need to be tied down by a piece of dental floss and a toothpick anymore. It's time to 
break free from that. And you and I, you see, we battle these things, and the answer to the reason why we find ourselves having trouble is because we forget who we are. We forget who God says we are. And here's the worst part. We begin to believe lies. Maybe lies you have heard since you were a kid. I tell this story sometimes about being in a, in a, a fancy uh, department store. It was called Walmart. I don't know if you've ever heard of that place. But I was in this fancy place, Walmart. Do they have those in New York City, Walmart? No Walmarts in New York. See, that's New York. Okay. So, so anyway, I've been, I've been Walmart, and this woman has her child, a little boy. And the boy is screaming. And she says, I hate you. She says, you're just like your father. You drive me crazy. You're so irritating. And I wanted to just go over and smack her. How's that? Pastor Andy. I wanted to just go over and smack her. Because, look, here's what happens. People, they forget who they are, and they, instead, of, instead of walking in the truth, they begin to take on the lies, and sometimes those lies are brought to you right from a young little child. You're no good. You're never going to amount to anything. I mean, listen, you're just like your father. You're just like your mother. You're going to end up just like they are. And listen, you grew up with people who told you uh, these things all the time. And you know what happens is if you listen to it enough, if you, if you hear it enough, you're going to let that get down, down inside of you. And God says, it's all a lie. It's all a lie. So don't live the lie. Friends, this morning is the beginning of the series that's titled, I Forgot. And the first thing we forget is who you are. So what happens what happens, just for a moment, if you and I say, you know, when I hear these lies come at me, why don't I tell myself what God says? You're never going to amount to anything? You're more than a conqueror. You're never going to get through this. I'm an overcomer. You see how that works? Friends, we have to combat the lies of the world and the lies of the enemy. Oh, you're a Christ follower? You know what that means? You're intolerant. No, it doesn't. It means that we stand up for the things of God. Am I getting too loud? Okay, if I'm getting too loud, you let me know. Hey, Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. We're going to look at this because Paul has a lot to say about this and all of the baloney that we've been fed our whole lives and the stuff that, that the world says, and, and Paul has something to say about it. Look at what he says, Colossians 3, 10 and 11. This is the New Living Translation version. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator. 
and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slaves or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Paul says, look, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter the choices you've made in your life. Your past doesn't have to dictate your future because God is the one who's in control of your future. When you're in Christ, your identity becomes part of him and not what you once was. That's who I was. Here's who I am. I'm a child of God. So are you. You see, we can walk in that. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The old ways, the old past, those things that you might have messed up a million times, and the new has come. See, you have a new identity. And we all have to learn to walk in that new identity. Don't you feel good? This is an exciting message today. I hope, I hope it, I can get it across in a way that it makes you feel excited about this because God wants you to know, don't forget who you are. Uh, Paul was one of these guys who had a, an amazing job when he was called Saul. His job was to go around and kill Christians. He was a Christian killer. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he finds himself in this place where he went from killing Christians to saving people's lives in Christ. What does it mean when you and I walk in the truth? If you're in Christ today, what I'm saying is about you. And if you're not, here's what you should know. At the end, I'm going to give you an opportunity to be. And then your life can change right now. It could change today. Because here's what happened with Paul. Paul heard from God. He believed in God. He accepted him. And it changed everything. It changed everything. Look at what it says in 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. See, he's called you out. You are a chosen people. If you're in Christ today, I want you to know God chose you as much as you chose him. He chose you first, and then you chose him. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, and you are people who belong to God. Do you see yourself that way? I hope you do, because if you don't, you should know this. God does. See, sometimes we live in a society that says what you do is who you are. And what you do isn't who you are. It's just what you do. 
who you are as a child of God. You're, you're, you're his child. He's your father in heaven. See, it isn't what we do that determines what we are. It is what we are that determines what we do. We have that a little screwy. We have it a little bit mixed up. You know, you meet somebody for the first time. Hi, I, 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 I'm Mike, and I own a pet shop. Well, you're Mike, and you work, you have a pet shop, grooming shop. Should I give the address? No, I don't. No, uh, but uh, a grooming place. But hi, I'm Mike. I'm a Christ follower who owns a pet grooming place. That's different. That's way different. Friends, listen, uh, you know, in the Bible, when you're studying the Bible, you read the Bible, they'll always say, um, this is John, son of this person, you know, or some other name, son of this person. I think we should still do that today. I'd like for people to know me as, as Andy, son of Joseph, because my dad's name was Joseph. Do you know why they did that? Because I no longer represent me. I represent my father. I, I, I'm Andy, a child of God. Hi, nice to meet you. Listen, if I walk through life knowing that and acting that way and believing that in my heart, it's going to change how I live. It's going to change because I no longer represent myself. I represent my father as well. Friends, you represent not only yourselves, you represent God himself as well. Here, here's a point in your notes because I don't want the world's uh, talk around us to get us distorted, a distorted, distorted view of us. Here's what you need to know, point one. In Christ, I am loved. You need to say that. In Christ, you are loved. Shall we say that one time? Say that. In Christ, I am loved. I'm not talking about how we love our cars. I'm not talking about how we love our favorite television show. I'm not talking about... Uh, uh, how we love the place we live or the people in our lives. I'm talking about a God love. See, a God love says, I love you unconditionally. I love you no matter what. No matter where you've been, what you've done, I love you anyway. Parents know that with their children. Now, sometimes you kind of want to knock them in the head, don't you? Sometimes you'd like to just find out what's the return policy. You look at the bottom of their foot to see if it's out of due, right? Because you want to return them. But in reality, with all their stupid mistakes, because they didn't listen on Wednesday night when it was how to avoid dumb mistakes. So they didn't listen to that series. So they find themselves in this place making mistakes. But you know what? When it's all said and done, you love them anyway. You want to shake them, but you love them anyway. I get that. 
You see, I, I, don't think, I don't think God is all that different. God's love for us is unconditional. I think that there are times when we find ourselves, okay, Andy, you're, you're, you're really messing up, so I'm going to try to teach you something, but if you don't learn by me teaching you something, there's going to have to be some correction involved in this, and you're going to have to live through that, but it's all for your own good because I'm trying to do what's best for you. You see, the truth of the matter, there's people who are watching today, maybe people in your own family, maybe you, who really need to know that you're loved. You really need to know that you're loved. Because we're good at the other stuff, but sometimes we're not good at saying that we love one another. I love everybody here. I love all of you, those who are watching from home. Uh, the, the, the truth of the matter is, if you think about it, even from when you and I were children, we wanted this unconditional love in our lives. And for those of you who are watching who are not in Christ today, you can have that by accepting him in your life. And, and at the end of the service, we'll give you a chance to do that. But do you remember as a young child, I remember doing this, as a kid, I, we'd have art class and stuff in school, and I liked to draw. I'm a, I used to be a draw, I really draw a lot and stuff. And so I remember come running into the house and, Mom! And she'd look at that and she'd go, she'd look at that thing and she'd go, that's amazing, that is beautiful, that is, she couldn't probably tell what it was, but she said, that is the most beautiful thing. I love it. Put it up on the, what? Put it on the refrigerator. Sure, you all know. You, have you, do you know my mother? Well, anyway, that's what she did. She'd say, put it on the refrigerator. And we put it on the wall and that kind of thing. And then my mom would say, and my dad, my dad would walk in and he'd say, that's the most beautiful. That is the wonderful thing. Wow. Who did that? Where did you buy that thing? Andrew did it, and he'd look at, this is all like a game, right? But it's really not a game because, man, that just, that just did something to me as a young child. I'm telling you now, and I'm 61. And it, it, it's one of these deals where you just go, wow, wow, they really love, they love me. They really love me. They love that stuff. And you know, there's no better feeling than to have that. And God wants you to know, even if he can't see the picture and know what it is, he loves you unconditionally. You see, the point of the matter is this. The, the love that we're looking for in Christ is not one that you and I could earn. It's not something that we deserve. Because let me tell you, if you and I we're dealing with what we deserved, we'd be in big trouble, right? Because we don't deserve what God offers us as, as his children. He gives us unconditionally. See, uh, he loves us just as we are. I, I, uh, 
in my studies and growing up, well, in growing up, uh, as a young adult growing up, I'd watch these Billy Graham crusades. And at the end of the Billy Graham crusades, they would play this song, same song every time. And he was in stadiums before there were people preaching in stadiums. And he'd say, come, now's the time for you to come, right? And they'd sing, they'd play this song and they'd sing, just as I am. Remember that song? Just, I won't sing it. But they'd sing this song and people would be in tears and they'd come down, thousands and thousands of them. And you think about that and you think, well, what, do you ever listen to Billy Graham's old sermons? You know, you know over the years, I've, I've recognized one thing. He only preaches one sermon. It's the same sermon every time. He throws a little something different in, but it's always the same sermon because he has one thing in mind. If you're lost, you don't have to be. Accept Christ and you become a new creation. That's what Billy Graham said. So now's the part in the sermon when I usually make someone mad, so hold on. So why do we battle? You know, in, in our Wednesday night services, I've been talking about how Paul was going out and he was preaching and then there were people that were coming behind him and they were also, but they were saying, what Paul says was absolutely true, but this is also true. You have to do this and you have to do that and we have to do that. And so churches began and churches started flourishing and there are churches that say, well, yes, uh, believing in Christ is the, is the key, but also you have to do this, 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 and this, and this, otherwise you're not saved. If you don't come to my church, you're not saved. If you don't do the things I do, you're not saved. Friends, if that's your church, run. Run as fast as you can. Go to the exit as fast as you can. Because, look, if you're at a place that's, not tell, that's telling you that going to heaven is available to us any other way except through Jesus, it's a lie. You see, we're not going to do that. And we're going to tell you not what we want you to hear, not what you want to hear, but we want to speak the truth and not just something that sounds good. Look at what it says in Romans 8, 38 and 39. This is Paul talking. Look at what he says. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor heights nor depths nor any other cre created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, those are powerful passages. See, God doesn't love us the, word, the way the world does. The world says, oh, I really love you, I really love you until you do something I don't want you to and then I don't love you so much. God is not that way. 1 John 3, 1 says this, how great is the love of the Father has lavished 
has bestowed, some Bibles say, uh, on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. You see, the things of God seem foolish to the world because they don't know God. But if they knew God, it would make a lot more sense. Friends, I don't know about you, but even as a Christ follower, sometimes I have to be reminded because I forget. I forget what God says. I forget these things. You and I forget sometimes. There was this elderly couple, this elderly man that I used to see all the time, and he was, he was fairly old. He was kind of like Don. He, no, but, but, but you know what I'm saying. He was a little bit older, and, and he'd come walking in, and I'd see him, and I'd say, hey, Valentine's Day is coming. Don't forget to tell your wife that you love her. And he'd say, oh, I've, I've been married 50 years. We don't talk that way anymore. And I said, what's the matter with you? See, here, here's the thing. We think we outgrow things. Now, here's what you should know, and it kind of sicked me. And it, it kind of, I don't know if you think this is bad or not, but there isn't one day that I don't tell Shirley that I love her. Right? And, and she's never going to think, I wonder if he loves me or not. Listen, those of you who are married, it's okay. It's okay to hug somebody not for a reason. It's okay to just tell somebody you love them with nothing wanting back in return. Do you see, you see what I'm talking about? People need to know that they're, that they're loved. Uh, I had a woman say to me at an old church that I was at years ago. I, I would accept Christ, but I know he wouldn't accept me because I had an abortion when I was a kid. And I know I can't forgive myself. I, how can God ever forgive me? He does. See, friends, you have to know, in heaven, there's going to be all kinds of people there. There's going to be killers in heaven. And there's going to be great, wonderful, help little old lady across the street people in hell. Oh, that doesn't go well. That just doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right because you and I don't earn our way. You see, it's about a relationship. It's about accepting him. It's about asking him to come into our lives. When we do this, the old is gone, the new has come, and people need to know that they are loved unconditionally. Jeremiah 31.3 says this, The Lord appeared to him, from afar, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore I have drawn you with loving kindness. We read this, we read this last week, 
but it's really popular. Uh, you, might have, you might remember it. It's John 3.16. You ever hear that verse? Have you ever read that verse? Uh, do you know what it says? For God so loved the world that I gave, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But yet, people find it hard to accept this. They have a hard time accepting their role in God. See? God calls us today, and he calls us cherished, and he means it. He calls us people who are cherished, and we, he means it. When he says you're the apple of his eye, he means it. The Bible says you're free from condemnation, so quit it. So just stop. Stop allowing the things that have no meaning to dictate your life. See, the Bible says you're free from all that condemnation. So quit condemning yourself. And so I really want you to get that first point because it doesn't matter what the other points are until you really get this, that God loves you unconditionally. It doesn't matter what you've done. God, if, if he opened up his wallet, your picture would be in it. You know what I mean? Could you imagine that and always unfold? Let me tell you about my family. See this guy here? This is Tom. He's a pretty good golfer. Here's the second point in your notes. Now that I hope you know that God loves you. In Christ, I am chosen. I'm chosen. It wasn't by accident. See, it's not by accident. You have been chosen by God. I remember as a kid, we used to play these pickup. You ever hear of pickup baseball games and softball games and football? As, as kids, we'd all get together, and they'd say, I want you on my team, and then the other one would say, I want you, you're the captain, okay? You do this, you do that. I, I didn't care if I was picked second or third. I just didn't want to be picked last, you know? Because, just because you just don't want to do that. And, and here's the deal. God chooses us. He, we've been adopted into his family. He, let me read a passage to you. Ephesians 1, 5. He predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Let me tell you something about this word adoption. It's been screwy over the years. It's turned into something that is, is goofy because people think, uh, being adopted is second class to being the real deal, whatever that means. But here's what you should know. Those of you who have parents, you know you don't get to pick your kids. Poop, they're all, there they are. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but, but you know what I mean? You, you, uh, nine months go by and that's it. 
you've got them, that's it. Love them, don't, you know, whatever, that's it. You can't put them back. There's no return policy. But now, if you're adopted, here's what you should know. You are chosen. You were picked. You were handpicked. It, it, the, the father and the mother said, I want him. I want her. I, I, I just, I love them already. You see, we've been adopted into God's family, and we are just like, we're, 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 we're his children. That's it. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says that we are no longer foreigners or aliens, and aliens, but fellow citizens with God, people and members of God's household. You see, you are sons and daughters of the creator of the universe. Galatians 3.26 says this, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ. Don't miss that. Write that down. Put it somewhere. Because listen, everything is going to tell you something different. You're no good. You're this. You're that. You are a child of God. And nobody can take that away from you. You are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ. Look at what it says in, in John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Now, all of you who are watching, it's up on the screens in front of you, so uh, you don't have to keep going like this. I jump around a little bit in the Bible. But this is the New Living Translations. Here's what it says. But to all who believe him, all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. That word believe is not something that happens in our minds only. It's not a belief that I believe it here. It's something that happens here as well, in our hearts as well. You see, if you're in Christ today, you've been chosen. So the question becomes, okay, well, I hear Pastor Andy, I know all of this. I know all of this already. So then why don't we always live that way? If we know this already, I mean, friends, I'll tell you today that there are people who are hearing my voice today. I say hearing my voice because now we're podcasting the service and you can watch us and we're also on the radio to hear in the area right here. So, so if you're hearing me today, the reason why that we don't always act like this, although we know it, is that we forget. We forget. See, why, why do you feel all alone that no one cares when you know God is with you and he loves you unconditionally? Ever feel alone? Ever feel like I'm, I'm in this all alone? But why would you see yourself as a bad person 
when God has chosen you from the foundation of the world, from the earth, the world, from everything, he knew us before we were born. He chose us, but yet we see ourselves as filthy rags. You know why? People like me call you that. We're nothing but filthy rags. I get that. We were not saved. We were lost. I get that. But don't call me a filthy rag. I'm a child of God. I've been delivered. I have a, I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. Maybe that's who you are. That's not who I am because God is with me. Thank you. Here's the third point. The first point is that we're loved by God. The second point is that we've been chosen. And here's the third point. It's a Lulu. In Christ, I'm justified. I like this. I heard someone say this. In fact, Shirley said this to me the other day. You know what I like in that word justify? And I, so I ended up writing it in when she said it because it sounded good. Justified is, means like just as if I didn't do anything. It's just as if I didn't make any mistake. I didn't do anything wrong. You and I have been justified in him. Does it mean that we always do the right thing, that we've never made mistakes? Of course we have. But God paid the price for those things. You see, when it comes to our salvation, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because God is the one who loves us unconditionally. He took our sins away from us and he paid the price on the cross. Coming up in April, we're going to be talking about this when Easter comes and you'll be a part of that service because it's going to be a good one. But listen, it, he paid the price. It's just like somebody who, who robbed a store and they get taken to jail. And when they get to jail, they say, you can go. See that guy over there? He paid the price for you. Wow. God justified us by paying the price for our sin. Now, don't get me wrong. There are consequences to bad behavior, and, and we know that. But God loves us anyway. You see, people in those churches I was talking about a minute ago, I, I was kind of easy on that. Because sometimes we like to say, oh, well, you have to do this to be able to be saved. You have to accept Christ. Oh, yes. But then you have to be circumcised. Or then, oh, you have to be a part of just this church. Because, can you believe this? just the people at this church are going to be saved. And people go, really? I have to tell you something. Heaven is going to have Catholic Christians, Jewish Christians. It's going to have Baptist Christians. It's going to have Pentecostal Christians. They'll be the ones screaming and jumping around. They're going to, they're going to have all these different kinds of Christians there. They're all going to be, and you know what? God's not going to say, okay, you're in that neighborhood, you're in that. No. Is this making anyone mad, do you think? I hope not. 
because I know I'm really tearing down some walls here by saying this because there are people that are saying, well, you have to be here. Well, you have to do this. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So what does it say when you can't forgive yourself, but God already has? It says you forgot who you are in Christ. Look, if you're like that, if you can't forgive yourself, how dare you do that? Stop doing that. Because if God forgive you, are you greater than God? That God can forgive you and you can't forgive yourself? I don't think so. So give it up and let it go. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have peace with God in your life today? Are you at peace with yourself? If the answer is no, don't feel bad because you're not alone in this. But you just forgot who you are in Him. You see, we want to keep bringing stuff back to God from the past. And God says, I don't know what you're talking about. I've, given the, I, I've, I've forgiven that. Why are you still going over that? Why are you still doing that? See, here's what you should know. All major religions, all these other religions besides Christianity have a two-letter word that determines uh, how you become saved. Two letters. D-O. Do. Do this, don't do that. Pray this way, don't pray that way. Face this way when you pray, don't face that way. But in Christianity, here's what you should know. First of all, it's not an exclusive group because everyone is invited. But here's what you should know. In God, in Christ, there's a four-letter word that determines our salvation. And here it is. D-O-N-E. Done. It's been done for us already through Jesus. Jesus is up on the cross. What are the last words he says? It is finished. Right? Not it's going to be finished soon. Not maybe it's not finished for you. It's finished. Friends, we need to be passionate about this because in Christ, to wrap things up, it is finished. You're being called today, and I'm calling you out to do a couple of things. First, will you start walking in the power and the authority and in the righteousness that God has already given you through Jesus? Will you start to do that? I hope that you say yes to that. And if you forget this, I want you to go back in this book. There's a book that you can read that will remind you of it. I think it starts with a B. Uh, it's called the Bible. This three-part series for the next three weeks, I want to encourage you to open up that book 
Now, it, when you open it, you might hear a little crackling sound because it's never been opened before. So when, you, when it opens, if it goes, that's okay, that's a good thing. It's, it's not broken. So when that opens, just open that up. And I want to encourage you for the next three weeks to write down passages where God talks about you. What does he say about you? Look those passages up and talk about it and think about it and talk to somebody about it and pray about it. And then here's what it says, last verse, and I know my time is up, okay? Last verse, Galatians 2.16. Know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one will be justified. We never want to leave a service without giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to come into your life, the true way to salvation. Will you accept him today? As we come together as believers, I want to invite you to pray along with me, repeat after me. And if you're listening to this today and you don't know Christ, I want to invite you to pray this prayer. And the Bible says, if you do, he will come in. And he won't be leaving. He seals off the exit. He's not leaving. And he'll be with you today and forever. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. I accept you now as my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.